Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome everybody, Eddie Trunk here, and it is time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. You know the deal by now, it is totally free and available to you every Thursday. Brand new episodes at podcastone.com, Spotify, and of course at Apple Podcasts as well. However you get your podcast, be sure to check it out. And subscribe and listen each and every Thursday for a new episode. Hope everybody's doing well. Of course, uh, last week we heard from a former Kiss guitarist in Bruce Kulick in a nice long interview. And this week I have for you another former Kiss guitarist. This one, the original co-founding member of the band Ace Freely. It was... uh, Coming to me a few days ago when I realized I never put this interview out as a podcast. It was actually done a few weeks ago on Ace Freely's 69th birthday when he called into my Sirius XM radio show. And by now, you know, all the interviews you hear on the podcast are courtesy of my daily radio show called Trunk Nation, heard Monday through Friday, live 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM channel 106 volume. And of course, it replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern, and you can always hear shows on demand on the SiriusXM app. Here on the podcast, each and every Thursday, you get a little taste of what I do on a daily basis on the radio show, which I certainly hope, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, you come on board and join me for. Also on this week's podcast, and this is sort of KISS-related, Chris Jericho drops by, and Chris talks a little bit about a new recording that he did under the name Quarantine with a K of an 80s Bruce Kulick era Kiss song. You heard Bruce refer to this on last week's podcast called No, No, No from the Crazy Nights album. Jericho re-recorded that song and did a video for it, and he tells us a little bit about that. So all of the uh, this week's podcast and last week kind of intersected and connected in some ways. Bruce Kulick on last week, this week... Jericho talking about covering a Bruce Kulick Kiss era song, and of course, a founding original member of Kiss in Ace Freely, 
who called in on his birthday. Of course, we talk about more than that stuff with both of these guests. So I think you're going to enjoy this week, and I certainly hope you do. And I thank you for tuning in and listening. We'll do Ace first, and then we'll do Jericho second. Uh, Ace, it's funny because as long as I've known Ace, which is over 30 years, he I had to talk him into calling in on this day and doing this interview because he was 69 years old on this day, and he kept saying to me, I can't believe I'm 69. I don't know if I want to go on and talk about that. I said, hey, man. Be proud that you're 69 years old because this is a guy that wouldn't have made it to 50 if he didn't change his ways and get sober. And of course he did. And that's why he's able to have a 69th birthday. So I turned him around on it a little bit and he was willing to call in and he's always entertaining. And like I said, I couldn't believe it. It didn't even dawn on me that I had not put this out as a podcast earlier because obviously everybody loves hearing from Ace and it's great to have him on the show. So that's coming up first, and then Jericho, who I've also known forever, an enormous Kiss fan. And Jericho, it's interesting with him because his, you know, he loves all eras of Kiss, but he's really a big fan of the non-makeup 80s era because he's a little bit younger, and that's where he first came into Kiss. So you get two different perspectives on it on this week's podcast. Want to remind you once again that uh, you can follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk. On Twitter, Instagram, and a fan page on Facebook, eddytrunk.com is the official online home. I want to thank Goodies Powders for sponsoring. Check out their brand new product, Goodies Hangover. You can get it at Walmart, Amazon, and other retailers. For more information, go to goodiespowder.com. There's Fast, and then there's Goodies Fast, and Goodies made some really cool Trunk Nation stickers. If you'd like to mail away and get one of those, just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope to Stickers, P.O. Box 41, Cedar Knolls, New Jersey, 07927. U.S. addresses only for mailing out stickers. And if you missed that address, just rewind or go to my website and you'll see it listed in the trunk report, which is my blog. So, of course, as usual, we thank Goodies for the stickers and for sponsoring. And also, this is kind of cool. You know, we're in this virtual world now where everybody does all this online stuff, including Jericho's quarantine thing, which was online. And I'm going to be doing what's called an online masterclass. Looking forward to this. This should be a lot of fun. The, The folks from Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, who I've done some stuff with in the past, reached out to me, and they have been having musicians do these rock and roll fantasy camps online where you sign up and basically get, you know, sort of like a, a private guitar lesson or what have you. Well, needless to say, I'm not a musician. I don't play anything, but they asked me if I would be interested in doing a, a, a virtual online masterclass where I would talk to people about, Media, podcasts, TV, radio, how it all works. If you're interested in getting into that, if you've got a band, you're looking to get airplay, perhaps. So they reached out to me and asked me if I would be interested in uh, doing that. And I said, sure, I think that would be really cool. And I would love to. 
So it's limited to 25 people, and you got to sign up and register in advance. We're going to do it on July 7th, and you can get all the details at rockcamp.com. Just click on the Masterclasses page there on that website, and you can sign up and register for my Masterclass. Again, happening on July 7th. And a little bit different given that, again, I'm not a musician. I don't play anything. I don't sing. But I'll help you out if you're wondering or want to learn about media or possibly getting into it or how it works. So, again, go to rockcamp.com, hit the masterclass area, find my tab, and sign up. It is strictly limited to just 25 people. So get a spot now, and I'll be talking to you on July 7th. We'll do it 8 o'clock Eastern time. For my first ever Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp Masterclass. Should be a lot of fun. And I always love talking and giving my experiences uh, from my world in media. So check that out. That is something that has just been announced. Also, I am on Cameo, folks. If you'd like to order a personalized video greeting for somebody, just check out my profile. Go to Cameo.com. Search my name. And you'll see my profile come up and information on how to order a personalized video. And I've done a bunch of them for people for Father's Day, birthday greetings, shout outs to bands, whatever the case may be. So if that is of interest to you, be sure to order at Cameo.com. And I'll let you in on a little tip. If you order at Cameo.com and through their webpage versus on your app, it's a little cheaper for anyone on Cameo, because the app, apparently there's a commission using the Apple devices and going through the app. So go to Cameo.com, or if you want to order on the app, it's not that much more, a couple bucks, but just a little tip on that. So again, check me out on Cameo, and if you'd like a personalized video, order information is there. And of course, a huge thanks to all who have ordered already. So there's some stuff to take care of at the top of this week's podcast, and I appreciate you being here. And we will get started with the one and only Ace Frehley. Conversation happened on his birthday, and we'll follow it up with Chris Jericho. That's what I got for you this week on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We'll start with Ace next. Hey, hey, hey. This is NFL Hall of Famer Ray Lewis. I'm excited to announce the launch of my new podcast, Everyday Greatness, the Ray Lewis podcast. I'll be talking with friends, family members, old teammates, athletes, celebrities, moguls. And guess what? I'll be talking to you. Listen, this is all in the search for everyday greatness. So I'm asking you to come along with me on this ride. Download new episodes of Everyday Greatness, the Ray Lewis podcast, every Friday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on PodcastOne.com. It's not what you have. It's what's inside of you that actually inspires greatness. All right, as I mentioned, we got a double dip this week. Chris Jericho, famous wrestler, of course, frontman of his band, Fozzie, and a whole lot more. We'll talk to Jericho uh, in a few but first up, the one, the only original spaceman. They broke the mold when they made this guy. <laughs> and certainly one of the most influential guitar players alive today. Calling into my Sirius XM radio show on his 69th birthday. Here is 
Ace Frehley on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Happy birthday, my brother. How are you in these crazy times? Oh, brother, thank you so much. I can't believe I'm hitting the big six nine. <laughs> you, don't you, look know, a, you don't look a day over <laughs> 68. <laughs> I'm just kidding you. <laughs> no, you look well, great, man, and you and you feel great, I'm sure. I know I've been talking to you. You sound good. I mean, I know it's crazy times, and it's a weird way to celebrate a birthday, but how you doing? I'm actually doing great. I'm, I'm working on new material for a studio record because it looks like, you know, because of uh, this virus, you know, everything's been pushed back. The release of my Origins Volume 2 has been pushed back to the fall. So, you know, I don't want to be too idle, so I decided to start recording, you know, my next studio record. What the hell? Well, that seems to me to be the thing that a lot of artists that I'm talking to are doing because they can't go on the road, and we all know most artists make all their money on the road, and that's where the business is now, but they're just using the time to take advantage of writing and rehearsing and practicing and just creating uh, songs for a record. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm taking advantage of, of that, and I'm also trying to get my body in better shape you know i picked up a life cycle and me and laura have a treadmill here and i'm doing some light weights you know look three uh what am i doing 15 reps what am i doing 15 reps <laughs> whatever three, whatever you're whatever doing, the hell I'm doing whatever I'm you're doing to, it's I'm more than me up. <laughs> you no know, but uh you know She's got me on a, on a, a high-protein, low-fat diet. And, uh, I'm looking better than I did uh, probably the last time you saw me. So uh, that's a good thing. Well, even though we haven't been able to get together, you don't you don't live far from me now in New Jersey, but because of the lockdown, we haven't been able to actually see each other. But the nice thing is now at least the weather's getting a little nicer here in Jersey, so you can get outside, walk around a little bit, maybe ride a bike. That's what I've been trying to do. Yeah, we live on three acres and at the end of a cul-de-sac, so we're so private. I mean, I'm so happy I'm in this situation and not out in California away from friends and family. So, you know, I, I made the move at the right time, you know? Yeah, for sure. So you, you, um, are you the kind of guy that re, that practices? Like I talked to some guitar players during this whole lockdown and they're like, yeah, I'm just sitting here with the guitar in my lap 24 seven, just, you know, noodling, writing, trying some new things. Are, are you that kind of guy or are you somebody that, you know, you put the guitar in the corner and then when you really want to focus on it, you pick it up? You know, the guitar is laying right next to me. My, my favorite last fall is like right next to me leaning against the wall and you know when i get the urge i pick it up when i don't it just sits there and you know i can go days without playing and then i'll play every day for a week you know it's there's no rhyme or reason for what i do and there never has been (laughs) (laughs) well you know you know what's funny about that a couple weeks ago i've been doing these lists right and i've uh, each week i do uh, have the audience tell me their top five favorite singers, top five favorite bass players, guitar players. So a couple weeks ago, I did top five favorite guitarists, and you were on a lot of people's lists, myself included, as one of their five favorite guitar players ever. And I, I kind of, after I was done with the show, it didn't surprise me you were on so many lists, but I kind of laughed because I was like, you know, if you talk to Ace, like, 
it's such a huge influence and such a huge impact on so many guitarists. And you were, you've always been like, ah, I'm still just trying to figure out. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> I have no idea how it happened either. I mean, I was just, me and Laura were watching my instructional video on YouTube the other night. And I was hysterical because I told her that off camera, when it got to the guitar solo parts, you know, I didn't know the terminology. So there was this, you know, school musician trying to explain my guitar solos because, you know, I just played. I don't know, you know, I, I never took a guitar lesson in my life. So, you know, I'm not familiar so much with the terminology, the pentatonic scale, the blues scale, the major scale, the minor scale, and all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and I hate I hate the technicality of rock and roll. Rock and roll is just supposed to be fun. It comes off the top of your head and you just go like making love, you know, real. Yeah. Well, real live warts and all good, bad, whatever. That's, that's what I, that's why I'm on a crazy rant over the last year or two myself about bands using too much technology on stage, man, bands using auto tune and effects and lip syncing and fake tracks and all that. I don't care what band it is. It's, it's so not rock and roll rock and roll supposed to be live raw and real. And it makes me nuts when I, you know, see and hear these bands that are doing that because, uh, you know, there's to me, nothing sounds better than a real live rock band plugging into their instruments and going for it. Yeah. The craziest thing that I remember in 2008, when I was doing Sweden rocks, uh, Def Leppard came on after, uh, me and, uh, I, I did, you know, I did an hour and then a white snake came on and then we're hanging out and I'm talking to the guitar players and white snake who are fans of mine. Their names escape me at this juncture. But Joel and Reb. Story, Joel yeah, and Reb. Yeah. But, yeah. And to make a long story short, Def Leppard came on and they were going wireless. I mean, they were going direct yeah. and I had amps set up, but the amps weren't on. And it was the most bizarre thing. Yeah, they used. I mean, it. I have to. I have to hear sound coming out of speakers. You know, I like to get my ears blown out. My ears are ringing after every show, but <laughs> so you couldn't hear anything. <laughs> yeah, they use this system, and I've seen a few bands use it. I mean, they're 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 truly playing, which is a credit to them. But it's, oh yeah, it's <laughs> a it's this thing called a fractal where they just dial they dial into this device and it goes right out to the board. I, they've shown it to me. I've gone to their rehearsals. It's, it's pretty wild that that sort of technology. And you know, that's interesting hearing you say this because you've always been a guy that's really embraced technology uh, with computer graphics and all that. You were doing that stuff long before anybody I knew, but when it comes to rock and roll, there is something about just plugging into a Marshall and going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Grab a left ball, stick it into a marshal, and turn it up to ten. That's all you got to do. Hey, you, you know, I, I, and I hate using the, I hate using those ear earbuds. You know, I was using those with Kiss. You know, when I did the reunion tour, and then I ended up taking one out and leaving one in, and I think it actually left me. By the time I left them uh, on the farewell tour, I think it gave me some ear damage because I kept telling the the monitor guy to keep raising the volume in the earbuds. I couldn't hear it. You know, I mean, I hate the, I hate the earbuds. You know, I need real monitors, you know, laying on the floor and I need real amps behind me. I got to feel the sound. 
You said, you know, how are you going to get, how are you going to get guitar feedback if you don't have an amp on? I know. You said you had your favorite Les Paul sitting right next to you. Which one is that? It's my number three prototype of uh, my 59 reissue. Nice. You nice. know, the one, the, the one uh, that gets the last model that gets them put out, it's the reissue of my 59 Les Paul standard. Gibson, you know, the, the curly, the curly maple one. Yeah, Gibson is starting to do some real good stuff now. I know the company, the guys who took over that company. They're real nice people. They seem to be really getting out there and connecting with the artists again. You have another guitar coming out with them. Yeah, we're we're talking about putting out the triple pickup black black beauty. Nice, the one that I used to play. Yeah, and you know, I used to alternate the black and the cherry sunburst. So we're talking about putting that out, and you know. Right now, though, everything is kind of slowed down. So, you know, we'll just wait and see what happens. I haven't, you know, my attorney right now, we're dealing with other things and other issues. And of course, taxes are always <laughs> in the background. <laughs> right. I know. It's crazy. So you, you had some shows with this whole uh, virus and the whole lockdown. I mean, everybody is suspended from touring right now. I know you had some stuff that was coming up in June. That's that's. I'm, I'm assuming like everybody, it's backburnered, and you're just waiting to see, you know, when you get the clear that you can go back out again, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm on hold like everybody else. Uh, everybody's tours been postponed. So, uh, you know, like I said earlier in our conversation, I'm going to take advantage of, uh, you know, starting writing songs for my next studio record, and he won, uh, wants to resign me for another three records. So, you know, it's all positive, but, you know, I miss going out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the record Origins Volume 2 is going to be held for a little while. I mean, everybody's records are being delayed because of this as well. So that record is done. You're just going to hold off putting it out for a bit, right? That record was done months ago. You know, and I just got a, I just got a, a look at a, a video what was that? Remember the what was the last video I put out? Mm. That still that animated video. Did you do a video for Bronx Boy? Mission, Mission to Mars. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. I now they want to put out because uh, I read the Deep Purple Space Trucker. Oh, you did that on the on the coming record. Yeah, and we also we're also working on an animated video, which in the same vein by the same guy who did that video for Mission from Mars. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, that's and silly and funny and, and uh, campy. You know, so so it's not, it's not it's not high definition graphics, but you know, it, it, it works. So yeah. what are you? Uh, when are you going to put? When do you think they're that the label is going to want to put the record out now in the fall? Yeah, we're talking about the end of the summer. We might put out a single earlier than that in the, during the summer, and then, you know. But uh, we're talking about, you know, probably not till September. You know, but uh, that can change, you know. Don't quote me on anything. Uh, you know, first it was summer, then it was the end of the summer. Last I heard it was September, but, you know. You know, it's, it's just like we got to get... We'll, Everybody's, you know, worried about their health, and yeah. health comes first because without your health, you got nothing. Yeah, no, that's totally true, and and I think everybody is just not sure 
when things are going to pick up again. And there's a lot of release dates and concert dates that are moving and being postponed or canceled. So I think, I think everybody knows that. I mean, look, I don't think any of us, well, nobody, I mean, unless you live through the Spanish flu in like 1912 or something, nobody's experienced anything like this. So everybody's trying to figure it out. I got to hope. And I feel, I don't know how you feel. I'm optimistic that we're through the worst of it. I think we're going to, we're going to kind of start coming down the hill now. Already a few states are starting to try to reopen some things. I mean, try to get the economy going again. Of course, you always want to err on the side of caution and health, but I, I got to think the worst of it, at least I hope, is behind us. Well, I mean, I think the curve is starting to go down. It's not, you know, it has to peak at this juncture, hopefully. You know, but then I, I saw something on the internet the other day that I was looking at, and they're talking about, you know, the, you know, the second, what's it called? The second... Wave. The second wave. Second wave, yeah. And yeah. sometimes the second wave can be more deadly than the first wave. And they're talking about that in the fall. So, I mean, what happens if everybody, you know, comes, you know, forgets about this and uh, starts acting and congregating like they normally would, and then the second wave hits in the fall and we get hit even harder? I don't know. You know. Yeah. All I do, you know, I just, you know... I say my prayers every night and every morning and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> That's all you can do. Have you heard anything yeah. from the KISS camp at all? No. Just silence, nothing. Well, I text, you know, I texted Paula and Jane the other last week and just wished them well and Peter. And I, and I, I got a text from Doc and uh, everybody's okay, thank God. Knock on wood, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I have, Eric Eric has been sending me some silly texts. <laughs> yeah, because me and Eric always got along really well on the road. Right. You know. Well, you know, everything's cool. I mean, you know, what's going to happen is going to happen, and uh, but everything is delayed at this juncture. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I right. take one day at a time. I always have since I got sober thirteen years ago, and uh, that's the way I live my life. Yeah, I mean, I know you've gone about your business. I mean, the you know, as Kiss winds down, everybody's talking about and hoping that you're going to go back and play with them, but uh, you're just going about your own business, and unless you get an invite, there's nothing you can do. You're just going to worry about your own thing, right? I'm doing my own thing, you know, and, you know, unless, you know, they come up, uh, you know, they come forward and the price is right, you know, you're not going to see me anywhere close by. Hey, let me ask you about a couple quick things. And I'll let you go. Your band, your current band. Did you see? They sent me the video um, that that Jeremy and Phil and Ryan did of them doing Rocket Ride and re- and changed it to Stay Inside. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. They sent it to me. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> They sent it to me, and as soon as they sent it to me, I go, did you send this to Ace yet? And they go, no. I go, you got to send it to him. I said, because you've been sending, you and I have been exchanging silly texts. I mean, I think that's what everybody's doing, you know, sending everybody yeah. wacky shit. And I was like, you got to send this to Ace. He's going to love this. Well, you know, everybody needs comic relief. You know, once you lose your sense of humor, it's all over. <laughs> it really is. All right, so last thing. So I've been talking to my audience today, celebrating your birthday, and I've been telling them to hit me with their favorite Ace solo and their favorite Ace song. 
Do you have a favorite of your own solos or a favorite of your own songs in your career? I know that's a tough question, but do you have I'm a couple say, favorites? I'm going to say, I'm going to say shock me because it was my first lead vocal and it's a, it's a real classic signature solo. And, uh, it's not that easy to play. Trust me. And, uh, I'll stick with shock me. Which was a huge moment for you too. Cause it was the first time yeah. anybody heard you sing lead vocals with kiss. Yeah, and I think the first night I sang lead vocals was at Madison Square Garden, so that was even double, I was doubly nervous because it was my hometown. <laughs> yeah, and of course, everybody, you've told the story a lot of times about writing that song, and it was about you getting electrocuted on stage, but how fa- how long after you were shocked on stage did the song come to you? Like, was it was it the next day, or was it like a few months no, down the line? No, it, 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 was, it, was, it was down the line. I, I I don't remember, you know, it, it didn't uh, correlate right away. You know, I was just glad that I didn't die that night. That was like one of the scariest things that ever happened to me, you know, but uh, it wasn't my time. And one solo that comes up a lot that I hear a lot from people is the solo in Strange Ways as one of their favorite yeah. solos. And I think you told me once that, the, the, because people try to figure that out all the time, that they reverse the tape or something. I remember you saying something like that. What, what the story with that solo? Strange ways. Yeah. No, that was a one, that was a one take solo. And I stood in front of a Marshall lamp with Eddie and Eddie Kramer was engineering. And, uh, there's no reverse tape on that. I always thought that that was because it's just it sounds so like such a crazy effect on it. I thought that that's what it was, but I could be wrong. Could have been something else. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's several solos that we used to flip the tape. You know, now with Pro Tools, all you do is highlight it and hit reverse, and it does it in a click of a mouse. But back then, we had to you know take the tape out of the tape machine and flip it and think backwards. So. uh it was a little more challenging, but uh, same effect. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I'll let you go and enjoy your birthday. What do you, what do you, what, I mean, it's such a weird time. You can't go out. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't do some of the things you'd probably want to do. So I guess it's just the same as any other day, except for you celebrate a, a big birthday and, uh, you know, have some dinner and just stay inside, really. That's all you can do, right? Laura's going to cook me a big steak smothered in mushrooms and onions. <laughs> That sounds like a plan. And th- here's the thing I was thinking of, too, man. Last thing. So you are 13. Did you say 13 years sober? Yeah, this September 15th, it will be 14. Well, congratulations. And I think you would agree with me because, of course, I've known you for decades. If you weren't 14 years sober, you probably wouldn't be celebrating a 69th birthday today. No, nah, I'd be dead. Yeah. Yeah, so I've I am been dead or institutionalized or in jail or dirt mapping. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but, good. Uh, None of know, those that, are wasn't, good that wasn't God's plan for me. So uh, you know, it, it's it's wonderful to be alive, and you know, I I try to look at the glass half full, not half empty, and uh, I I'm really happy when I go to do my meet and greets and you know fans come up to me and say ace i got sober because of you if you could do it i could do it and you know i get that constantly and and that's a, a reminder you know to stay on the road i'm on 
Uh, I told you this many times, man. Uh, I've I've known you forever, and that as much of a fan as I am, as a friend, that's what I'm most proud of you for. Because uh, you know, hanging in there for all these years and 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 having the light go on, I'm I'm glad you're still with us today, man. For 69 years, and hopefully another many more to come. I wish you a very happy birthday. You know, I love you, and I appreciate you calling in. Thanks so much, brother. I love you too, and. Uh, uh, Hang in there. I know. I know. I know. I know. We think it's like Groundhog Day, but (laughs) I I love that one. I was going to say, all your fans have been hitting me up and saying, hey, if you talk to Ace, is he okay? Do, you know, where's Ace? Where's Ace? I said, I, I hear from Ace all the time, so they're going to love hearing your voice right now. Any message to the fans before you go? I'm healthy as the pig and shit. <laughs> Are pigs and shit happy? Or healthy? They're happy. I don't know if they're healthy. <laughs> I'm happy, and I'm healthy, and I'm uh, and I'm working out, you know, and... and eating right and uh, getting my rest, watching a lot of movies. You know, I, I was, I've been getting into these, uh, kind of like yesterday, I watched four Batman movies and you know, that, that Batman movie with the penguin with Danny DeVito. That is, I mean, I thought I was on acid when I watched, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tim Burton is out there. <laughs> Did you see the Joker? <laughs> yeah, I did. That was some dark shit, man. That was crazy. Yeah. And I, and I just, you know what I just saw for the first time the other night was, uh, was that movie with DiCaprio? Oh, God, The Revenant. Reven- Revenant? Oh, uh, with the bear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What an amazing performance. He definitely deserved the Academy Award for that. Yeah, well, that's the good thing about the lockdown. People get to ca- catch up on some movies they always wanted to see, and you, in your case, you get to work on a little music, and you know nothing you yeah. can do. I mean, you know, try try to take advantage of the time. That's all you can do because before you know it, hopefully, we'll flip a switch and everybody will be talking about how busy and crazy they are running around the world. So, tell me about it, my brother. <laughs> Listen, have a great birthday, man. Thank you for a few minutes. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure, Red. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Alrighty, bye-bye. Well, my thanks, Dace. Always a blast to talk to him. Hopefully, quarantine ends soon, and he'll get back out there on the road very soon. It's Eddie Trunk coming up next on the podcast this week. Legendary wrestler, Fozzie frontman, Chris Jericho. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome back. It's Eddie Trunk here with you on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. Chris Jericho right now. You know him from the world of wrestling. He also fronts his own band, Fozzie. He has a cruise. He's a man of many, many talents. And he also has a band now called Quarantine, where he covers 80s Kiss. Here's Jericho to tell us all about it. Chris, you there? I'm here. I'm here, Eddie Trunk. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, man? Good, man. Just uh, you know, doing the same as you're doing, working a lot from home, but still uh, getting out there a bit, keeping busy, forming new bands. You know, <laughs> just doing whatever I can to stay uh, stay creative uh, during all of this uh, amazing 2020 events. You know, I'm going to talk to you, of course, about music and this new band in a second here, but I got to ask you this real quick. I texted you and told you this a few weeks ago. I'm clicking around and I stumble upon you wrestling 
in your new league on TV. And it was the most bizarre thing because you were doing it with no audience, with no fans, which I imagine as a performer that you are was a true test on your acting ability to be able to conjure all that up and how weird it must be to be wrestling with no energy or reaction from an audience. What was that like? Well, I mean, it's one of those things where you got to keep the lights on, right? And, um, you know, uh, I'm sure you've heard or maybe haven't heard. We don't have to get into it, but uh, wrestling was deemed essential by the uh, governor of Florida. So we were able to keep keep going. And, you know, it's weird because we did actually have some people in the crowd. We just put some of our crew guys and stuff. So maybe we had, you know, 10, 15 people out there. And it was almost like starting out when you go to, you know, working in someone's barn or something for, you know, there's 10 fans there, you know, you know, just sitting there silently, but it, yeah, it's weird, man. It's like putting on a rock and roll show or being a comedian, you know, the, the audience is very much a part of, of the gig. So when you don't have an audience there, it is a little bit strange. We have gotten used to it because it's been six weeks or so, but, um, you know, I think I'm more at the point now where pretty soon if, you know, restaurants at 50% and, you know, all these other places at 50% capacity, and maybe at some point we can start adding some fans back in for both wrestling and for, for rock and roll. You know, we're supposed to be on tour right now with Fozzie. We had to postpone that to July and August, and now it might be postponed even a little bit further. So we don't really know what's going on. So in the meantime, we just had to improvise and just keep it rolling. But yeah, it was really strange, man. But, um, I guess we got used to it a bit, but I can't wait until we can go back to, you know, arenas and, 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 and venues that have people screaming and chanting and having a good time. How, how is it in the wrestling community? Because are you able to, and are you guys getting like tested, like even your opponents and the people in the group and all of that? Like what sort of precautions are being taken at that level? Yeah, we, um, we, uh, the last week we were there actually got, blood tested so first it was like getting the temperature tests and that sort of thing where they kind of hit you with the temperature gun before you go into the venue these are all very closed sets just the people involved with the show but now we have blood tests and the blood tests they actually take a drop of blood uh, from your finger and they stick one in each little area of this kind of this card looking thing and it tells you a if you have the antibodies currently or b if you have had them and uh, you're you're kind of over it. So if you both of those are negative, then 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 you're in, sort of thing. So it's it's, it's weird, man. Like who's to really say if this test is working or not working? Because you can have have it not even know. And it's like it's just so so insane, man. But thankfully, no one in our company's gotten sick, and everybody's still been able to to you know continue to work and continue to put on shows. And people are excited to see the shows because. They're looking for new content. You know, there's nothing out there. No sports whatsoever must be driving you nuts. I know how much of a sports guy you are. You know, mm. new movies, new content. So I think any type of content you can do uh, that's new and fresh, people are, are super excited to be involved with it and are appreciative, are appreciative of it as well.
Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stopped on it, too, because I'm like, wait, is this a live event? Is this actually happening? And then um, I'm watching, and then I didn't even know you were going to come out, and they said Jericho coming up, and I'm like, wait, I'm going to stay on this, and I'm watching it, and I was like, is this actually happening? Because it was pretty much, and you know, wrestling pretty much was and is the one thing. I mean, I know there was a NASCAR race, there was an MMA uh, fight over the weekend, so some stuff is trickling back, but wrestling really took the lead on it, I think. We never stopped. That's the thing. And we, 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 we had been working in Jacksonville because AEW, the company, is owned by the Khan family who owned the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we still had this stadium and then connected to the stadium in Jacksonville. There's a big amphitheater where bands play all the time called Daly's Place. So we were able to basically continue to run there because they, they don't own the venue, but they run it. And then Florida shut down, so we moved to Atlanta and we filmed like four weeks of shows there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you had to just keep rolling and you had to keep that content out there and keep it, uh, fresh and new, not just for, you know, for, for storyline ideas, but also for business, you know, you have these TV contracts that got to have new, new content, new material. So, you know, like I said, everybody's been doing what they can just to improvise, just like you being doing your show from home. Now it's like now the new normal is is doing stuff from, from your house, you know, and it's like, we can come back to it whenever, but it's, it, we're talking about, about quarantine and no, 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 the video we did, we shot this video on our, on our cell phones and got this really killer editor that Charlie actually from Anthrax took me up with, who did this amazing video for like a hundred bucks. And meanwhile, the thing looks like it cost a hundred thousand dollars. And so that's like, if you can make a video that looks that cool for that cheap, when everything opens up again, I'm worried that these directors and all these guys have got this concept to do a hundred thousand dollar video or whatever it is. It's like, screw that! Now we can do it for a hundred bucks on our phones. So not to mention, it's, it's not to mention that everybody is in a different city or state or country and right. tying it all together. How much of that have we seen? Where they're not even you're not even in the same room yeah. and you're making these cool videos. Well, and the thing with, with, with the quarantine project that we'll discuss, I've never even personally met the guitar player. <laughs> Never even met him, you know. And we've got this cool band where all this stuff is going on. It's like this is the new way to form a band now, right? And you could do all this stuff from different cities and make all this magic. Whereas three months ago, if you released a video on a camera, you'd be like, you could never air this as a, as a professional video, or you know, you're watching Saturday Night Live or they're filming at home. You never would able to have that accepted. As, as, you know, something you can air on national TV, but now all this stuff is encouraged and expected because of the situation that we're in. Yeah, well, let's talk about this. So the band is called Quarantine, of course, with a K, perfect. Right. And you, you, uh, so I had Bruce Kulick on this show last week, and we touched on this a little bit right. at that time. But you, of course, you and one of the other guys in the band, PJ Farley, I've, a Jersey guy I've known forever from Trickster, uh, a great guy and, and great musician as well. So I know, I know those guys. I know the two of you. Don't know the other two guys so well, although the guitar player is from that classic 78 band. Yes. Okay, so, so I know thing. him. I've spoken to him because it, here's what I find crazy about that. So he's doing like a total spot on Bruce Kulick 
on this track. No, no, no. But but the whole if people know what classic seventy eight is, that whole trip is about making new music that sounds like it's stuff Kiss would have recorded in seventy eight. So he's like wearing right. both hats. Yeah, that's and that's see what happens is and, and the, the the thing with quarantine is we're specifically an eighties Kiss cover band. And it's only 80s material that Bruce Kulick played on. That also includes, we made our little rules, that includes Animalize, because Bruce was on that tour. He played a little bit on the record. So we talked about Animalize, Asylum, you know, Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shades, Revenge, uh, and, and Carnival Souls. And so, so what happened was, when you're a huge fan of 80s Kiss, and, and you guys know this because you guys bust my balls all the time, but I am as well. We just we just bust your balls because it's sure. unusual to hear somebody favor that over the seventies. But I I can't yeah. speak for other people. But I admit it. I might just talk to Bruce in detail about the eighties stuff. That probably the biggest single misconception about me amongst Kiss fans is I'm the original lineup only okay. guy. Couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, I I can name right. any song in every record from that era. So, so you know how many great songs there is from that era that basically gets glossed over because of the fact that Kiss in the 70s and then when they reunited in the 90s with the nostalgia was such a big deal. But we know how many great tunes are on those records that no one remembers or have barely heard or maybe you have never heard. But when you have other people that love that era, you tend to connect with them. So the drummer of Quarantine is the drummer for Luke Bryan, who is one of the biggest stars in country music. We're talking stadium-level guy. Uh, you go see a Luke Bryan show, it's more of a rock and roll show than a rock and roll show is nowadays. So the drummer, though, his name is Kent Slusher. He and I have been friends for years because he loves 80s Kiss. So he sends me this 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 uh, text of him playing the drums for No, No, No. I go, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing this little project with my friend Joe from Classic 78. I said, do you need a singer? He said, yes. You need a bass player. I thought of PJ, and that's how we kind of came together to do these songs. Uh, to do no, no, no from from '87, Crazy Nights. You wouldn't even think that it's a Kiss song when you hear it now. It sounds like something from Eat 'Em and Smile from the Dave Lee Roth era with Steve Vai and, and Billy Sheen, those guys, because it's so technical and so weird. It's so not Kiss. So when we recorded it, I sent it to some friends and some people in our in our management team. They're like, "This is." amazing we've never heard anything like this in years so suddenly we have something call it quarantine with a k and let's call bruce tulick for the next song see if he wants to do it we're all friends with bruce we all know how nice of a guy bruce is so now we're in a kiss cover band with the former guitar player from <laughs> kiss who played on these songs originally in the middle of a pandemic shooting videos on our iphones what a strange how, world we're living now. <laughs> how are you recording it? In other words, like, I imagine the same thing. Everybody's doing their parts and then sending them into someone to mix it all up together? Yeah, exactly. Like, all those guys have home studios. As a matter of fact, Bruce even had to learn uh, GarageBand at his house to record his track. So Joe and PJ helped him to learn how to set up his rig at his house. And then I have a friend of mine who lives about 30 minutes from, from me that has a studio. And I just went and laid down the vocals. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. Like, when you think of 80s Kiss, you think of Gene Simmons, you're always like, people are like, wow, you know, he looked kind of, you know, he looked like mod and drag. Or he looked like, you know, he was making movies and he was this and he was that. But when we started recording No, 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 I said, that song is hard. It's hard to sing. It's hard to play. The timing of his vocals is a little bit strange. 
you realize just how underrated Gene Simmons is as a player and as a singer when you do some of these songs, because there's some intricate stuff in there that you kind of don't know. And that's one of the things I love about doing these songs. The other song that we did is Heart of Chrome from Revenge, which is probably the highest song I've ever sang. The melody line is insane. But if you can do these tunes properly, it's like almost like you're discovering these whole new gems of material that people have forgotten about. And I think, you know, it, it provides something cool in 2020 to revisit these songs with a bunch of players that are all complete badasses, as you can hear. And all of us are just enjoying ourselves and being creative during this pandemic. Yeah, I thought I, I, that's the first thing that struck me about it, um, that it's Joe. Joe's the guitar player, right? You said Joe? Yes. Yeah, Joe McGinnis is his name. When, yeah, when I heard him and the tone and the way he played the intro, and um and then the drums, of course, which were originally recorded by the the late great Eric Carr. I mean, I was just like, man, this is like locked in. But what really struck me is how Joe had the, I mean, had it down. And then I heard, wait a minute, it's the same guy from Classic seventy eight. Like, so he's he can be equally Ace Freely and Bruce Kulick, who are very different <laughs> styles, but it's like, my God, like their whole trip was like all about 70s, and now he's living in both worlds equally doing this. It's like he was moved, you know, if Kiss ever does the thing where they want to, you know, have other people play these parts, I mean, you've got the guitar player right there, because yeah, Joe does know all of those eras, and if you haven't heard No, 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 and that's why I kind of was saying, I think it's cool if you're able to play it, because it starts literally with a, a minute long guitar drum solo. And you're like, what is a kiss song that starts with a minute long guitar drum solo? Well, what's that going to sound like? And then you listen to it. And like I said, it, it reminds me of something like shy boy or something where you're like, how did I not remember that kiss did this song? And to me, I loved the crazy nights record. I never thought, no, 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 it was cool, but I never really, really appreciated until we recorded it. Now, like, this is a, a killer tune. And they played it live, and, you know, it's just one of those things that they were such a great band at that time frame, but most people just know the Heavens on Fire, Tears are Falling, and kind of complain when they play those right now on the end of the road tour. And I'm like, you know, there's some great stuff here, and that's the beauty for us in quarantine. We can continue to do this for years. There's literally 40 songs we can do uh, from these records, you know, so we release one at a time. And I think when, when Kent and, and Joe first sent it to me, they just wanted to do it for themselves. And you know me, dude, I don't do anything small. I was like, no, let's make a thing out of this. Let's, let's see if we can get on the radio and take it to Spotify and do a video and let's get a press agent to work on some press for it and all other stuff. And here we are with a lot of people buzzing on this obscure song from Crazy Nights by, like, we, we call ourselves the worst super group ever. But, you know, we all have name value from other places. So, you know, like I said, it was cool to be able to create something out of nothing. Because had there been no COVID, there would be no quarantine. So it's one little small silver lining in this black cloud of 2020 so far. So is the idea to do a full record of, of Kiss covers with this band? I don't think they do a full record. But I like the way that we did it. We did two songs, and rather than releasing them together, No No No's the first one. We'll see what we can get with it, see how far it goes. And then the next one, with kind of the, the secret nuclear weapon of Bruce Kulick being involved, being hard to crawl, we'll release that one. And then see if people are really digging it, then we can 
we've already talked about what the next two songs are going to be. It's always going to be one Gene and one Paul. But we're picking songs that you're like, really? And then you hear it, it's like, oh, this is going to be killer. So I think more than anything, Eddie, it's just fun. It's fun to do this. And it's fun for people, I think, to rediscover this whole era of one of the biggest bands in the world that has all these songs that people just don't know or don't remember. And when you hear it, you're like I said, like this that's Kiss, I can't believe it. So, um, and you know, we're putting our own spin on it as well. And as a singer, it's fun for me to do it because I get to, I love Paul Stanley as a vocalist, but now I have to sing Gene stuff too. And that's just as hard in a different way as well. So it's a great kind of uh, uh, practice for me to, to do these other types of vocals that I don't really get to do in Fozzie too much. Uh, just let loose and just scream it out as high as you can and, you know, and, and, and having some fun with it, like I said. And, and there's two, there's two people that are really like out there with the eighties kiss stuff, you doing this, but also Bruce himself, because I got into the conversation with Bruce last week on the show about the fact that on the kiss cruises, he puts that band together with Fitz and Kearns and Zach and the last few years. And that makes the rounds online and with video and all that. So Bruce himself in recent, in the last couple years has really been sort of re-embracing and reclaiming as he should his era of kiss because for a lot of people it, it it's kind of like van halen with hagar and roth depending upon how old you are when you were first exposed it it could you know it could be your era and then you went back to the old stuff like you did so it's it's cool to see because i agree with you there's a lot of really good records and a lot of really good songs that are just completely forgotten about from more than a decade actually well, yeah, and even, like you said, if, if, if you're talking about, like, Bruce is very proud of his era, as he calls it, and he's the last kind of survivor from that era because Eric's no longer with us, and Eric Singer is still in KISS, so Bruce is kind of the last man standing for that 80s, early 90s time frame. So I think that's why he's so proud of it, because he knows how special those tunes are, and I think he's very happy to see them rediscovered. And I'll say something else, too. I think Paul and Sean are kind of a little bit excited because I sent both of them the respective tracks and both of them were really excited. I mean, I sent Gene, no, 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 and he instantly sent it to Bruce, like, check this out sort of thing. So I think they kind of forget sometimes that, you know, the, there's a lot of people out here who love those songs. And when they kind of get rediscovered, I think it makes it makes Kiss's legacy even a little bit bigger too because you remember, you realize that geez, a lot of the stuff these guys did is great stuff. So. Everybody wins, you know, KISS fans, non-KISS fans, the guys in the band themselves. For us, we have some fun with it. And like I said, I keep going back to the same thing. We stayed creative and turned a negative into a positive and did something that was fun uh, in the middle of all this. So mission accomplished on all, on all sides. You are, you are shunning the Lick It Up album? Well, we can't. Well, we could do it. But um, <laughs> for whatever reason, we love the the Bruce Kulick here. I guess we got to maybe we can get Vinnie Vincent to play on uh, "Not for the Innocent" or something like that if we can find him. But but if you if you're gonna be <laughs> but if you're gonna be technical and we're gonna get deep into the geek weeds here for a second, if you're gonna be technical <laughs> and you're gonna include "Animalize" because Bruce did the tour, but that would mean the only song from "Animalize" though you could play if it was only stuff Bruce played on would be "Lonely as the Hunter." from Animal Eyes if you want to get deep because Bruce actually played the solo on that on the studio version of Animal Eyes. 
Well, we're kind of bending our own rules a bit. Since it's our band, we make the rules trump, so don't try and screw with it. If I get a quarantine <laughs> video and single of Lonely as the Hunter, I'm going to know you went off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, there's so many of those albums that we could do, we might not have to hit Analyze. But then we're like, okay, well, he did play Under the Gun on that tour and Thrills in the Night on that tour. So you could technically do a couple of them. You know, it, like I said, it, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff you could have some fun with. Uh, and I think there will be like the real hardcore Kiss fans who would be like, "Yeah, so you only played on Lonely as the Hunter, so this is not." Uh, but if we get <laughs> to that point where we're starting to pull tracks off of uh, Animalize, I think we'll be uh, uh, much. Uh, we'll, that's a good problem to have because that means we'll, we'll have done twenty or thirty songs by that point. Well, it's a tremendous amount of material if you think about it. I mean, there's a lot of records there, but your your first Kiss record was what that you purchased? Animalize. And okay. here's, here's my story in a nutshell, is that music videos were really popular at the time. We used to watch them every week. There's a video show on a Friday, and I saw this guy with his hands on fire, uh, and then this band was playing this song where they're just surrounded by chicks, and they're drinking, and it's just like the best time ever. And at the end, the guy jumps through a ring of fire. And I was like, who is this? And, and that's Kiss, and that's Paul Stanley. It's like what those guys wear makeup it's like no they don't wear makeup anymore because in 1984 you didn't if you weren't hip to the scene i didn't know anything about kiss other than they were you know from the 70s or whatever so that's why that's why kiss in the 80s i love so much is because i didn't realize or know that they had taken their makeup off and i might have heard a couple songs but that was the first real song heaven's on fire that i heard from kiss and knew that it was kiss so that was the first album that i thought was animalized and that's what started the whole process of then starting to go backwards and just rediscovering kind of the makeup and all that stuff. Talking with Chris Jericho, we've touched on a few different things and talking a little bit about 80s Kiss because not only is Jericho a fan of that era, as am I, but he also now has a band called Quarantine with a K that is releasing covers of that era. So, um, Chris, so people who want to hear this or, or have this song, how can they actually get it? I'm assuming a download somewhere. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. It's, uh, like I said, we don't do anything small. So it's Spotify and iTunes and, uh, all those places, Apple music, and then the videos on YouTube. So we wanted to make it accessible for everybody, not just make it kind of an in, uh, in-house type thing. So you can get it anywhere, anywhere you stream rock and roll. Do you do you envision when things are normal attempting or wanting to do live shows with this band? I mean, we could. You know, it's one of those things that maybe if it was on a Kiss cruise or on the Jericho cruise, maybe. But you know, it's one of those things where where we're, we're working on a new Fozzie record too right now. And the, like I mentioned earlier, the tour that we were supposed to do in April and May was was our biggest tour to date. We had sold out like seven out of the twelve dates and had other others that were about to. So there's so much Fozzie business to do that I wouldn't want to take away from Fozzie with quarantine, but definitely for special, special times and special moments. Absolutely. I mean, to sing these songs live would be, uh, it'd, it'd be a challenge, but in a great way, you know, cause these are not easy songs to sing. This is Paul Stanley at his vocal peak in that eighties, early nineties era. Like I said, when, when you hear heart of Chrome, like Paul and I were talking, said if you can sing that in the original key with the original melody, then you're you're doing pretty good. And we didn't change the keys or anything like that. So these are hard songs to sing, but they're fun songs to sing. Uh, I love the guys that I play with; they're all really cool. I mean, you know PJ for years how how, how good of a guy he is. 
Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if, if there was, a, you know, a festival or a cruise or something, I would definitely uh, think about it. I don't think it's something we would go on tour for a month with, but it'd be, it's, it's, you know, it's a very specific genre and demo that you'd be hitting, but it's, it's a lot of fun to, to, to do it. So I would say yes. Of that era, what is your favorite Kiss record? I think we've talked about this. I think once again, sacrilege. Get your uh, makeup knife out and cut me in pieces, uh, Trump Nation. But I think I think my favorite Kiss studio album is Revenge, um, by far to me. I and gotta tell you, Revenge, I gotta, I gotta hold on, hold on. I gotta tell you something. I didn't know you were going. I honestly didn't know you were going to answer that because I know we probably talked about this and we talked about the, this is all we talk about since I've known you. So I know we probably <laughs> gone over it a billion times. But but here's the thing. I'm, and I don't mean this with any disrespect to revenge because, you know, I like the record, but I've been consistently saying that I think that record, which has be, which is kind of like the go to non makeup kiss record that people reference. I think it's tremendously overrated. And I'm going to say this to you because I, Bruce told me when he was on last week about doing Heart of Chrome, which I know, of course, is from Revenge. Mm. I listened to that record. I was in the car yesterday for about an hour and a half, and I said, you know what? Revenge, Revenge, Revenge. I know I always feel like my initial knee-jerk is that it's overrated. So I'm going to listen to this record start to finish on this ride, because I hadn't done that in a long time, and really make sure that my assessment and how I feel is accurate. After having just listened to it on Saturday, I can't be more confirmed. <laughs> I think it's tremendously <laughs> overrated. I think like Asylum and Crazy Nights and Animalizing and Hot in the Shade, if it had four less songs and was mixed better, lick it up. I mean, I'll take any of those records over revenge and it's not that i'm dissing revenge and i I know ezrin's a genius and all that it's just i don't think song for song material wise it's as great as people say well i'll tell you why i think and you're right i've rediscovered animalized asylum is the record by the way the right answer is asylum (laughs) well i was gonna say i rediscovered asylum over the last few years and i could agree with that but i'll tell you the reason why revenge uh, is my favorite. It's because of the time. Like, well, I bought it the day it came out. And don't forget, I'm an 80s Kiss fanatic, so I was all about Paul Stanley. The reason why Revenge really struck a chord for me was twofold. One, they looked super badass. And two, it was the return of Gene Simmons uh, as a songwriter, as a badass looking like Gene Simmons. He finally figured out what his gimmick and what his look would be with no makeup 10 years afterwards. So when that first Unholy came out, I remember I was first disappointed because it was a Gene song. I'm like, all the Gene songs on the records are never as good as Paul's. And finally, with Unholy, it was like, oh my gosh. A Gene Vinnie Vincent song. There you go. And then, you know, uh, the the Gene Vinnie, the the Paul Vinnie Vincent of I Just Wanna and the Paul Vinnie Vincent of Heart of Chrome as well. So uh, I see, I mean, there's a song on Revenge called Every Time I Look at You that I do not like. Uh, it throws kind of the trajectory off for that record now. So the first cut is but, the deepest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> it's but, it's uh, the same song. Big, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. I, I do love uh, Asylum as well, uh, but Revenge just has it because of the memories I have of when it came out, the day it came out. Had I bought it 
you know, five years later, it might not have the same memories for me. But it came out in 92, and you're saying you're an 80s Kiss guy. Well, that's all I included. It's the 80s Kiss uh, <laughs> lineup. Wait, you know, so you the, can the, do the, that, the, but the you're shunning lineup. Lick It Up. Wait, you're making the rules <laughs> up. Well, these are Jericho rules, of course. Hey, listen, you form your own <laughs> 80s cover band. You make up whatever rules you want. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I don't. When I say this, I don't mean to dis revenge because there are things I like on. I like Unholy. I like Tough Love a lot. Um, I like uh, you know. I love the fact that they paid tribute to Eric Carr to end the record. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's just when I go song by song with the other records, man. I'm like, wow. I I, I you know I love it, and I think Gene. I think where the whole band got their skin and vibe of being non-makeup was actually a little earlier. Hot in the Shade, which I always reference as the best Kiss non-original tour ever. That's where they dropped the extended solos, and I felt like they looked like they were comfortable with what they were wearing and and on stage the way they behaved. So it was a little earlier, and then with, with Revenge, I think they just wanted to get a little darker and a little heavier. Well, and let's look at what's going on. Kiss has always been great at morphing into whatever's happening, whether it's disco or whether it's kind of pop metal or whatever it may be. And at the time, Pantera was very hot. And White Zombie was very hot. Those, that, that unholy riff is very much a heavy, heavy, you know, it, it's not thrash metal, but it's, it's, it's more Pantera than it is, you know, Bon Jovi, which is kind of the direction they had gone in for so many years. I want to hear you do, um, Oh my God! There's so many, but you got to do something from Asylum at some point. And uh, we actually have an Asylum tune locked in the chamber uh, for the next one. We've got we've got the next two charted out already. One from Asylum and another one from Crazy Nights. Because there's great ge- well, there's great genes there's great ge- great gene stuff on Asylum. Secretly Cruel, Trial by Fire, mm-hmm. um, Loves a Deadly Weapon, which is basically like the precursor to No No No. They they did that yeah. sort of you know that sort of tempo a lot at that time. Everybody mm-hmm. was trying to catch like a Van Halen vibe or whatever. But anyway, right. it's 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 great fun, man. What you're doing, I think it's great. What Bruce is doing and what Todd and those guys do with the live thing and you doing this and it's 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 really because again, I I agree completely that there's great music there and it's a very sort. It, it's certainly a very underrepresented. Uh, era of mm-hmm. kiss in terms of what they do now for sure so it's cool to to put it out there a little bit and i guess you know i guess it's a good thing you got wrestling and it's an essential thing because who knows when you're going to be able to tour again so you at least get your energy out in the ring right now right well yeah and it's good to get in the studio too because you know i can record the quarantine here in tampa and Fozzie records out of atlanta so until we can kind of go out there and get in that studio again, even though the boys were writing the songs and some killer material, I can't get into the studio. So it keeps, it keeps the energy up from a rock and roll standpoint too, that, you know, there's nothing better than going in there. Like I said, creating and, and, and singing these songs, which keeps me in shape for, for the next round of Fozzie tunes, whatever we can lay those down. So as a guy that loves to perform, whether it's wrestling, whether it's singing with your with Fozzie or whatever the case may be, when when we finally get to the other side of this whole pandemic deal and they give the all clear, are you going to be the guy that runs right back out there like nothing happened and doing meet and greets and performing? Yeah. Or are you going to take a second and see how things play out? Like what what's your feeling about I, the future? We, we have our hand in the air as a band, Fozzie. Like if you're going to let us play in August, 
whatever rules you guys have, you know, we'll do it. If, it, if it's, you know, one person in a venue every six feet or, or whatever the rules are, we, we, we want to be one of the, the, the bands that goes out there and, 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 and does it. Uh, someone has to start. Someone has to go first. And we're ready to do it, man. Like I said, I've been out in the world this whole time. I've been, you know, working wrestling matches and, and you know, doing all these things. Um, and I, I'm not saying I'm not scared because, of course, everyone has some, some trepidation. But I think we have to get back out there to open up the world as much as we possibly can. Uh, also, there's not going to be a world to, to open up. You know, I know a lot of bands are going to be suffering from this, and a lot of bands have lost a lot of money, including ours. But, like, you know, we'd be willing to do a door deal. You know, if we had sold a 1,000 tickets, we'd be willing to change it and do 500 people and just space them out accordingly and give it a try and see how it starts going. So um, we're ready to go as soon as, 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 as the world deems it safe to play whether it's in front of one person or 1,000 or whatever the rules are, uh, Fozzie's a band that's uh, ready to go out and, 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 and start breaking down some of those barriers for sure. Awesome. So you heard it here first, Jericho willing to be the guinea pig for live entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the name of our next record, Fozzie Guinea Pigs. <laughs> you could sell masks and Purell at your merch stand with the Fozzie logo on it. It'll be perfect. Hey, dude, you know me. We've already we've already started on that. <laughs> no, your buddies Gene and Paul probably got a big head start <laughs> on you there, pal. <laughs> no way. <laughs> the minute I saw, you know what I knew. I'll, I'll, we'll end on this. You know when I knew the pandemic was serious when those guys stopped doing their paid meet and greets. So I'm like, if they left money on the table, you know yeah. shit's coming down. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you said, though, I'm sure their their masks at first are going to be amazing. Who wouldn't want yeah. a Paul Stanley mask or a Gene mask? I'll take one right now. Oh, exactly. With the low, with the star or the demon thing? Yeah, I'm sure they're in production if they're not available already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and run it down again, Chris. Uh, the, the, the lineup is? It's Ken Slusher on uh, drums from Luke Bryan's band. It's Joe McGinnis from Classic 78 on guitar. PJ Farley from Trickster. And Chris Jericho right here talking to you live. No, no, no. Available everywhere. Well, my thanks to Chris Jericho. Always fun to check out and check in with him and see what's going on. And also thank you to Ace Freely earlier in this week's podcast. Thank you to all of you for listening wherever you do it in the country or around the world. Be sure to subscribe and continue to spread the word and tell others about the Eddie Trunk podcast coming your way with rock interviews every single Thursday with new episodes. Podcast one. Spotify, or, of course, at Apple Podcasts. And again, remember to follow me on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk, Instagram, at Eddie Trunk, fan page on Facebook, at Eddie Trunk, and EddieTrunk.com is the official online home. Find me on Cameo. Sign up for my Rock and Roll Fantasy Masterclass, Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp Masterclass. I talked about that at the top of the podcast as well. And become an all-access member, if interested, of EddieTrunk.com, and you'll get my radio show on demand, my music show, my FM show, and a whole lot more. A lot of stuff going on, as usual. I wish you all a safe, healthy, happy week, and I will see you guys again next Thursday for a new episode of the podcast. Thanks to Goodies, and be sure to check out their new product, Goodies Hangover, and thanks to Katie Irizarry. 
who is the producer of this podcast. Have a good week, everybody. Catch you next Thursday. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.